Welcome to the first episode of our Student Athlete Success Feature Series, an Englishman, Irishman and a Scotsman walk into a podcast. After the success of my student athlete interviews, and more recently my good friend Lewis Aird taking the reins and interviewing me, I decided to bring him and my other good friend Killian Dunn into the picture to discuss some important topics you deal with as collegiate uh, athletes. Welcome aboard, lads. Thank Thanks you. for having us, McKenna. So this week we're going to be discussing the wonderful world of college sports recruiting and how this has a major step in the process of becoming a collegiate athlete. So obviously like everyone has different ways that they enter the collegiate sports world. Like tell us a few like that you off the top of your head when you were entering, like what routes did you go through? Go on, Kill, I'll let you start. Uh, yeah, I suppose. So I, I went through it a little, like a little bit different than, uh, you and Lou would have. So, uh, whenever I would come to America in the summers, I would do camps, uh, with, uh, with Brian Ainscoff. So that's kind of how he saw me play like as a kid. And then as well as that, you know, I was looking at other schools from Northeastern. So I played with certain teams, camps, just got to know the coaches of those colleges, like during the summer when they were doing their kind of, you know, I guess stuff with their like home team players. Uh, so that that was pretty cool. That's the route that I went. Uh, but I know you used to went a little bit of a different route there. Yes. Uh, probably. I don't. Again, McKenna, yours might have varied to mine even. Um, but time contract was running out at Newcastle. Was trying to think of something to do. So I got in touch with our head of education at Newcastle, who had went to Dayton University. Um, basically ran me through the steps. It's a very, very rigorous um, process to come when you're a, a foreign national. You have to take... I had to take my SAT tests, which... Uh, I, <laughs> I have a your mind, man. You're just sitting numbing for, like, two hours. You're like, Jesus. After three hours of... After three years of not doing maths, God, I came back to home. <laughs> that, was really, that was... To be honest, that was really tough because it was, like, a four- or five-hour exam. Um, and then you have to go through all the official documentation that you fill in. Um, thankfully enough, I've, I sent most of my stuff to a, a lad who, I guess, sent out my profile and a video and everything to coaches. So from that end, it was pretty much taken care of. But there's a lot of uh, sort of legal forms and everything that take hours and weeks and months to fill in so yeah i thought it was really it's not like back home where everyone's like oh you get an acceptance letter you're good to go it's like all right you have an acceptance letter and now you need to go through a million steps before you get there to be honest that's why i was so delayed in getting there because um i first made contact with brian and it probably took about another two months if not a bit longer just to get everything finalized yeah, that was like that was like me as well. Like it was a delay in my visa, but the boys thought I was just skipping the fitness test. Worked out pretty well, if you ask me. Because yeah. <laughs> I came back and I was there for like a month, and I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, like obviously mine was different as well. Like so, I had it was at my head of youth at Celtic, and my old coach who recommended me to Brian. And Brian gave me a phone one day and was like, yeah, do you want to come over? I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> and then, like, took, like, four months to sort things out. So that was a bit, like, you don't know what's happening as well. You're so many uncertainties. But I think the biggest thing, like, in the recruiting side of things is try just making the right connections. 
like that's a common theme like between the three of us there like you've like making the right connections to get you in front of the certain coaches mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah I would, I would definitely agree with that yeah just in in anything as well you know anything in life i suppose is you know you meet the right people you know think, things can really go your way uh so football's no different there really you know especially when it comes to the world of you know college sports in the u.s well well even if, if this lad at newcastle darren he was called if he'd never come to newcastle i would never have known about the opportunity to go to the u.s and i would never i would never have done it yeah which is mad to think about isn't it yeah yeah men are like that how that one person can just fucking change your whole life you'd only been there about two months when i started looking into it as well it was it was it was almost like fate timing to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like, it kind of transpires into like obviously the next topic as well is like scholarship companies there is a lot of scholarship companies out there who have the connections mm-hmm. but obviously they only have certain connections for certain teams as well in certain leagues so having the like the people around you who look out for you like that's that's unreal the connections come with a cost as well I know, that's, mm-hmm. that's the, the tough part of things because a lot of kids can't afford it, especially back home. I know, I know. I mean, I mean, Killian, from your point of view, it's how, does, does it take a lot of money to be, like, well, not a lot of money, but do you have to be a bit more well-off to be able to play soccer and, and get to the stage where you, you go to college or not? I would say so, yeah. Well, obviously in uh, in Dublin, it's it's probably quite similar to to England and Scotland like you know you pay maybe 50 euro for like the year you know what I mean like it's it's obviously it's all just schoolboy stuff like when you're young anyway and then uh, you know obviously it progresses but I think you know in the US like the you know it, the, the football system is crazy because kids have to pay two three grand just to play football for the year so that really boxes out like a lot of people and you know it's no no secret that a lot of the world's best footballers come from the poorest neighbourhoods, you know? Mm. So I think it, it boxes out a lot of potential great footballers in the US. But I also think that is changing. You can kind of see it changing with uh, US football culture. But uh, yeah, as, as of now and as of when I was kind of looking into recruiting, it was it was definitely, you know, money played a factor. Mm. Well, there's no way, there's absolutely no way I would have been able to afford what I went through without a scholarship. Nah, no chance. There's not even, a, I, I probably would have been able to, I would have been at Northeast in three weeks and I would have had to go home. <laughs> three weeks, I only gave it a few days then. <laughs> <laughs> Just a cost. But Kel, you mentioned there like, like the culture of what exists as well and I think that's a big part of college recruiting, like you have to find a place that fits you, the right culture of yours as well and not just end up at a place where you're going to hate it for four years. Exactly. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people make that mistake. I know a lad in Dublin who, uh, you know, he went through a scholarship company and, uh, you know, he was a good footballer, but he ended up somewhere in, like, the middle of nowhere in Georgia. And, you know, obviously he'd never done any research on Georgia. Like he probably just thought like America was the size of like England or something. He was like, ah, like America's America. Like it's Ireland <laughs> from York. 
and he went and he hated it. Like he, I think he only lasted like three or four weeks, and then he he came back just because he didn't really like look into like that culture, as you say. Like he didn't do his research on where he was going. So I think like culture of the team, culture of where you are, makes a huge huge difference. Oh, it also it, yeah, it it also takes you've got to take into account who's already there as well, because obviously when I was coming one of the main things that Brian made clear was I had people there like yourself, McKenna, and like yourself, Killian, who was going to come through. I had these people who I could relate to because there was other offers I had from other universities where I was going to be the only non-American. You were there a great time there. Are you mad? <laughs> I would have been this weirdo who nobody understood. You still were. Um, you know, Eastern, so doesn't uh, matter. I was that. I was that, but I had you who who was worse. Yeah, all the attention always went towards McKenna when it came to uh, not understanding how how we spoke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just got the I got the most shit off everyone. It was great. Well, there, there, was, there was plenty of occasions where us three were just laughing at something and everybody else was silent. Yeah, everyone was just like, uh, "What's yeah. going on here?" Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> So like obviously a big part of the recruiting stage is like the dead period, and right now like there's there's been such a long dead period for college sports recruiting for because of COVID, and that's like I think that's going to affect athletes so much. Like think of the amount of kids that have probably wanted to put off like starting this like starting this year or starting like the year before, and like they've not been able to, and they've had to come in at this dodgy time where you play like a game every two months because every game keeps getting cancelled. Yeah, it's, well, yeah. I don't know. I couldn't even imagine. How do you convince, well, I was going to say, how do you convince somebody, but they've got no other option, really, have they? No, it's like, they're literally stuck. Like, and they, they, like, the coaches can't even go out and look for players as well. That's mad. <clears throat> yeah, which is crazy. You know, do you, do you think, McKenna, do you think, um, you know, t- tapes and whatnot will will become more prominent now. Like coaches looking at you know players like homemade tapes and what. Whatnot. Yeah, I think I think it would, but I, I don't know how you can get a proper read on a player from a tape. That's one thing I've never. Yeah. Understood. Like, sure, if yeah. someone recommends them, then you tr- if you trust that person, then good enough. But yeah. if like if you're just watching someone on video, they could just put together like ten clips of them doing something great, but that could all be in like. A hundred different games. Right, yeah. Well, that's the thing. You could, like you say, I, even I put together a two and a half, three minute video or whatever, but that was over a course of a year. Yeah. Two years, I mean, two and a half minutes from two years is nothing. Yeah, it's literally just a hype video for yourself. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. You're not going to get videos of when you were shit, are you? No, exactly. <laughs> You're like, I'll just take this out here. I gave the ball away. <laughs> no. Yeah. But it will not. That's the thing. It is. If if it does become more prominent, you're gonna. It's gonna be situations where you're way more prone to get somebody who you didn't think, yeah, or didn't you didn't think that's how they were gonna be, or that was their style of play. The players evolve really quickly. Yeah, and like obviously, we're watching the videos as well. They can't even go and meet these players like to like get a personality gauge on them as well. So like you're missing that aspect of things and not fitting into the culture properly, but you're also missing the chance of say you you might be a smaller university, but you've got like 
a great culture that built there. Like you get a great personality as a coach. You might miss out on some of the big play, uh, big name athletes because of like they might want they might go by the reputation side of things. Mm. So I mean, well, how do you work around this? What I what do know, you do? Like I, I think it's just a weird time, but I'm I'm glad I didn't have to do it then. Like now. Yeah, couldn't imagine having to deal with that now. Yeah. And like, obviously, I think like a lot of the like well, you see all the the news articles about like bigger name schools giving athletes like improper benefits before they sign, just to get them to the school. Mm. Like that, yeah. Tosses, that tosses the little schools aside. Like, how are they meant to compete? Like with the like the funding or the sponsorship deals that are just being hush hush under the table. Yeah, gee, those are crazy, aren't they? I actually just heard, uh, you know, a few days ago, I heard this this guy say um, <clears throat> that, you know, Trevor Lawrence, that when Trevor Lawrence goes to the NFL, he's going to be taking a pay cut. That's how much money he's making no. in benefit college. Yeah. But no one, no one hears about that. Like, there's, it's weird that nothing's yeah. done about it. Like obviously that that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but you know it's funny because it all comes from some sort of truth. Like he's obviously getting a lot of benefits at Clemson. Yeah. Like you know, Andrew, I, wouldn't have, I wouldn't have minded some free gear. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I suppose you did get the husky dollars. Yeah, we kind of we yeah. covered completely all that. That, that was to feed ourselves. So. <laughs> yeah, and and me and, as well. And everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way of looking out for your team. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, uh, who's to say, especially with the way uh, COVID hit a lot of these universities, that's the number of scholarships a school can give out decreases. Yeah, it's like that's going to impact recruiting like so much as well, because obviously a lot of these kids will have a, an extra year to play as well, like the yeah. ones that were going through it. So like right. they're going to be on money. Like if you want to bring someone else in, like they might not get the same money, and it might push the like someone coming from a poorer background aside because they can't fund it for themselves the first few months. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's just it's just crazy that like how a global health pandemic can affect like a recruiting thing like that, like for someone preparing. Oh, yeah. I don't think anyone prepared for how much this situation was going to affect literally every aspect of everybody's lives. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like, like, I think we've hit all the main points this week. So, well done. Good start. (laughs) (laughs) Quick and efficient. I didn't think we could do that. Yeah. Just narrowing it down, knocking out the main points for people and then stopping talking shite for most of it, which is pretty hard for us to Yeah. All right, stay tuned next week for our next episode where we'll be discussing the social aspect of being a collegiate athlete and how you can use this to make the most of your time there. We've got a good few stories there, so definitely tune in. Promise I won't be late next time.